0: You're listening to The Whole Truth, a Resources Rising Stars podcast. Welcome to The Whole Truth podcast. I'm Paul Armstrong. We spoke to Malcolm Norris, he's the managing director of Sunstone Metals. Malcolm and his team have got serious form. They've made two great discoveries in the past that have taken companies from virtually worthless uh, to almost a billion dollars in both cases. He and his team are highly successful. They are very well regarded. I think it's probably fair to say Malcolm's one of the best regarded geologists in Australia. And uh, he seems to have been on to another big success story, this time in Ecuador. Uh, That's where he made his most recent discovery with a company that you might be familiar with called Solgold, now worth the best part of a billion dollars. Malcolm's got a discovery in the north of Ecuador and a big discovery in the south of Ecuador. He takes us through what he's got The company is pretty cheap. The shares are about three odd cents. Uh, Malcolm says that the market is undervaluing what he's got and he's determined to uh, show investors why he's onto another winner. It is a bit technical in part, so if you can wade through some of the geology, I think you'll really enjoy the chat. Malcolm, we're all watching for the cricket to start in England, mate, and uh, the Ashes, and uh, you're already on a hat-trick, aren't you? (laughs)
1: Yeah, that's right, um, Paul, Um, we're hoping to uh, deliver a couple of discoveries, in fact, in Ecuador in the short term. Um, The team has been involved in um, two previous discoveries Um, and, you know, these things go back a long way. I mean, I've been working with Bruce Rolak um, since our days at WMC together um, back in the the mid to late 90s. And so, you know, you develop a very good working relationship but you also develop that ability to challenge one another and discoveries only come from a team that can challenge one another and be really focused and uh, really understand what we're seeing. So we're involved in the…
0: You and Bruce found the one in in Indonesia and I can never pronounce the name of it. That was your first big discovery, wasn't it? Can Can you put me out of my misery and tell me what it was? how you say
1: it? Yeah, yeah so it was called Tujubukit, which, which means seven hills. And um, it, was, uh, it was a large porphyry uh, with a, an epithermal, so a large gold copper porphyry with an epithermal gold silver cap sitting over the top of it. So it was a, a phenomenal discovery with uh, contribution from a very large team of people. Um, it had been previously explored by a junior, uh, we looked at those results, we liked what we saw and so we continued the exploration beyond that. Um, and then we're also involved in, in the discovery of um, Solgold's um, Alpala deposit within the Cascabel project in northern Ecuador. Um, similarly, we looked at some early data that was generated by Cornerstone Capital, which was the Canadian junior that held the concession and uh, we really liked what we saw and, and and we knew the Cornerstone people. This was a, a long-term personal relationship that I'd had with some of the people at Cornerstone. So we liked what we saw in their early data. Uh, we signed the joint venture. Bruce Rulak planned all the drilling and that led to a very significant discovery. So having been there a couple of times, um, you know, I think that reduces the risk that is associated with exploration and, and when you're onto a good project, it, it enables you to, To move to discovery, hopefully in a in a more efficient path, and that's what we're trying to do at Sunstone, both in the north and the south.
0: That that discovery of soul gold that you and your team made it shows how much money can be made, doesn't it, out of exploration success? I mean, what's the market cap of Soul Gold now?
1: Oh yeah, the market cap of Soul Gold, I'm not exactly sure what it is, but it's it's seven or eight hundred million dollars Aussie. Um, but the, the, the great example. So Intrepid went from a 40 million market cap to 1.2 billion market cap in a period of about 18 months during the discovery. Solgold, similarly, there was a combination of discovery and a combination of or um, uh, well, that complemented by BHP and Newcrest going onto the register, and that really drove up the valuation. And it went from a 50 million British pound market cap. Through to um, you know, several hundred million uh, so, British pounds market cap.
0: So you and the team basically are, are looking to repeat it again. That's hence my my phrase at the outset. You're on a hat trick. You've done it twice. Uh, the market cap of Sunstone is is what now?
1: Yeah, our market cap is sort of moving between uh, 80 million and 100 million. Um, so it's 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 very low. We would obviously argue that it's uh, undervalued and. Um, you know we're we're looking to um, deliver a ten bagger here. You know we're we're not we're not about incremental increase because um, discovery adds so much value. Because discovery is very difficult. It's very difficult business. It's high risk, but it's very high reward.
0: Yeah, it's it's uh, not for the faint-hearted, is it? But as you say, so you've done it. You and the team have done this twice before. What are some of the um, the similarities, if you like, at Sunstone now? You've got. In simple terms, take us through it, Malcolm. You've got two two projects, one in the north of Ecuador, one in the south of Ecuador, uh, and you've had some great results.
1: We have. So let's start on the project in the south. It's called Bramaderos. Um, we've been exploring there um, since about 2017, um, and it's – it's a cluster of porphyry. So, so porphyries often occur in clusters. You know, it's, it's not just a discrete deposit. Often you get three or four of these um, porphyry sitting together and that's what we're seeing at Bramaderos. And there had been some historical drilling done there. So we knew that it was a porphyry style of mineralization. We knew that it had the capability to deliver grades that were uh, most likely commercially viable. Um, so that got us off to a good start. But some of the targets that we've drilled had never been drilled historically, and the best example is Lemon, where we're getting some you know, really good results now. So um, we've got a porphyry, and then at Lemon we've got this gold, silver system that's sitting above or beside porphyry mineralization as well. And so there's some parallels to be drawn there with what we did in Indonesia, um, where we discovered a porphyry and we discovered the what's called an epithermal, gold-silver system that sits above or beside the porphyry. So, you know, we're seeing some similarities there, uh, certainly some similarities in the rock type and alteration, all those things that you look at.
0: And you've already got a whopping resource down there, haven't you? I mean, it's it's not it's not as though this is just early stage exploration. You, you know that you've already established gold and copper extensively, haven't you?
1: Most definitely. So um, we've got a resource on the, the Brahma-Alba system, which is two porphyries that coalesce. Um, and that's delivered two point six, uh, t- sorry, two point seven million ounces gold equivalent. So it's one hundred and fifty six million tonnes of um, gold, copper, and a bit of silver. And that's um, that's porphyry mineralisation that's at surface. So you can you can walk up the hill and look at your oil body.
0: So you're and, on your you're uh, on your way to a ten million ounce sort of uh, inventory, it would seem.
1: Yep, that's the number we've put out there and, uh, you know, when you look at 2.7 million ounces gold equivalent in the resource, you then look at the additional exploration target which we've put out there as 3.3 to 8.6 million ounces gold equivalent and that's, we think, somewhat conservative. So, if you take a midpoint of that and say it's five, then you're already at um, 7.7 million ounces, um, you know, close to eight and then we've recently delivered these phenomenal results from Le Mans. And that area where we're drilling was outside of that exploration target. So it's in addition to that exploration target. So um, I think 10 million ounces is a great target and, and uh, we can see it in sight. So
0: how do you monetize that? People listening to this, Malcolm, would say that's a whopping amount of gold. I mean, compared to anything operating in Australia, that is huge by any standard. So and, and the shares are 3.3 cents. How, how do you explain that, that apparent disconnect and how do you monetize that?
1: Yeah, so I think um, you know we released that resource in December last year, the two point seven million ounces gold equivalent. Um, it's a low grade resource, and I think people were were potentially hoping for a, a higher grade. We we acknowledge that. So we went searching for higher grade material because if you've got higher grade material at the front end of any sort of production scenario that allows you to pay back your capital and to generate a lot of cash, then you can obviously. Feed in lower grade material after that, and and you're still making um, you know v- very good commercial sense on any development. So we we went looking where where are we going to find the higher grade? We went to Le Mans, we identified it, we drilled holes, and we found the higher grade. So we absolutely delivered what we said we were going to deliver, and by adding this higher grade at the front end, it means that the value of what we've already defined is greatly increased. So. Um, I suspect that in the current environment, people are just waiting for a couple more drill holes out of Le Mans, which aren't too far away, and um, they'll realise that the value of this project is um, much higher than what the, the market is giving us. And, and
0: that Le Mans discovery, is, uh, uh, it all sits outside the current resource figures that you quoted, doesn't it? So that's all waiting, as you say, a couple more holes, you'll be able to start to bring that into that resource figure.
1: Yeah, that's right. Um, so it'll give investors a lot more confidence that it's that it's there, that it's the grade that we um, expect it to be, based on our first um, couple of drill holes. You know, we're seeing visible gold and and in both of the the drill holes that we've put out there. So pretty exciting. Um, and then and then you've got
0: more than that though, haven't you? So that's down in the south. If you can jump on the uh, the helicopter and head up to the north of Ecuador, Malcolm, you where we're kind of all started for you and Sunstone originally. You've got some uh, some strong results up there, but you haven't advanced it to the same stage, have you?
1: That's right. Um, so yeah, it's it's a fantastic project at El Palma in the north. Um, uh, you know, this was a project that had had three historical drill holes into it by Cadelco um, over a decade ago. We looked at those, we saw that it was porphyry mineralized. Uh, we liked the look of the other surface data, like early stage mapping, geochem etc. We dived in. We drilled twenty-one holes into one target. Um, all holes were mineralized, and, and in fact, the last hole that we released, we saw a vertical column of mineralization of nine hundred meters. So this this thing is big. Um, and now, more recently, we've started stepping away from where those twenty-one drill holes are, and um, we're delivering some very exciting results. Um, from these other targets you know i i say from from the experience we've had you typically need ten thousand meters into a porphyry project to really get your head around it and and that's what we feel like we've got great momentum at el palma very excited by what we're seeing um this this project will host a large porphyry discovery and uh hopefully we're you know we're just a few holes away from that
0: the funny thing is you know they use the phrase in your game malcolm elephant hunting don't they and and the funny thing is about porphyries is they are just very difficult to find, as you say, huge amounts of drilling. They are absolute needle-in-the-haystack stuff. But history suggests that once you've found one, the ability to make huge money out of it is absolutely sensational, isn't it? They are really about the most mm. rewarding things in the game.
1: Mm. Yeah, they are. Um, and, um, you know, you've got to have that right combination of, of near-surface mineralisation or or large uh, areas of mineralisation at a grade that accommodates underground development. So you've got to have all of those things, but but typically if you if you drill a porphyry, you're going to find those areas anyway. Um, look, there's a great example from our discovery in Indonesia, Tuju Bukit, where one of the early holes drilled by a previous explorer missed the ore body by 100 metres, but the ore body was 2 kilometres by 1 kilometre in size. You know, you sort of look back and you think, how on earth do you miss it by just 100 metres? they just didn't drill quite deeply enough. Um, so, you know, these are huge deposits, but uh, you've got to work hard to find them. And um, we're, we're now feeling very confident about the project in the north, project in the south, delivering really significant porphyry discoveries on both of them.
0: And and the world is obviously the low hanging fruit and exploration has been taken, taken the easy stuff's gone. Uh, the big boys of the world, you know, in North America, they're looking for major deposits uh, in the likes of the sorts of things you found in the south of Ecuador. Is there a risk here that basically sunstone gets taken out before it gets to really prove to the world what a vast discovery or discoveries it's got? Is that, is that a, does that keep you awake at night?
1: Um, yeah, it's it's definitely a risk. Um, we 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 certainly are concerned about. Um, you know, making sure that our valuation is appropriate for what we believe we've got, and um, so we try to communicate that to investors. Um, that's that's certainly something that may happen to Sunstone in the future, and we've just got to work hard at uh, making sure that our our shareholders and our investors are handsomely rewarded for for the uh, success that we expect to deliver. Um, these. Deposit types um, are, as we've said at the outset, difficult to find. People are looking for them. People want them. Uh, the majors want them. Uh, you know, it gives them 10, 20, 30, up to 50 years of mine life, exactly the assets they want to have. And um, we're hoping to deliver two of them into the public domain over the next few months.
0: Some people would probably look at it, Malcolm, and say, look, it's why don't you get one of the majors to come and take a stake in, in either project or in the company? To give a big, huge shot in the arm to the share price and give you some money. What, what's your thoughts on that approach?
1: Yeah, you know that's that's a valuation approach, and it it is something that um, we we would always contemplate at the appropriate valuation, and that in the appropriate structure, um, what we wouldn't want to see is for us to give away all the upside potential and and therefore upside valuation to bring someone in that might not necessarily do as good a job as what we can do. Um, We believe we we can do a pretty good job here. We've got a phenomenal team in Ecuador um, and we've got a a great small team in Australia. So um, That could happen, but it's got to be at the right valuation for our shareholders. To benefit, they've absolutely got that they, they must
0: be all over you, though, wouldn't they? I mean, the big guys would be well aware of what you've got and what you're doing. You know, they don't they don't let these things go under the radar, do they?
1: No, no, they're aware of what we're doing uh, and what we've got, um, and so they should be. Um, their business development teams would would have their lists of opportunities, and um, we're certainly on them. So, uh, you know, we've we put a lot of information out there they've probably got a pretty good idea of uh what's ahead of us actually so uh let's see what happens
0: now in a couple of weeks time you're coming over the gold coast to the resources rising stars conference uh i know you've been a few times in the past so the people over there have followed the story but it sort of feels that this year you're right at the witching hour you've got some great results as you've just taken us through but uh what couldn't people expect to hear from you in a couple of weeks' time? You did allude a few minutes ago to the idea there's some more results coming. Um, could it be a bit of good timing for you or for investors, uh, shall we say?
1: Yeah, for investors, great timing. Um, yes, we're, between now and then we'll have updates on on both El Palmar in the north and bramaderos in the south um, it, it's great timing, you know, we've taken a lot of the risk out of, of both projects with recent drill results. Um, and I think that there's a pretty clear picture for investors to see what, what what's ahead of them. So it's, it's great timing, um, you know, we're, we're going to deliver some good results over the next few weeks. So I, I'm really keen to interact with investors and to, and to present at the conference. It'll be um, a really exciting period for us.
0: You know, the track record of you and your team, Malcolm, means that you obviously know what you're looking for and, more importantly, you know what you see, um, and both in terms of the, what's coming out of the ground and the holes and, and of the potential. Um, I know from having worked with you for a long time, you're, you're very measured and uh, almost understated about things, so to hear you being so bullish about both projects uh, is very, very, uh, very... warms the cockles of one's heart to hear the geologists with so much success behind them uh, talk so bullishly about something so so the, uh, the presentation on the Gold Coast I think was absolutely fantastic um, I know we've had a few people already contact us asking when you're talking and the like and if you can't make it to the Gold Coast then people will be able to watch that online so I'm sure you'll, uh, you'll have plenty of uh, viewers when you stand up to talk thanks very much for joining us today and uh, it's been great to have a chat, it sounds sensational what you're onto, and uh, we'll be watching it and look forward to seeing you on the Gold Coast in a couple of weeks
1: yeah, thanks, Paul. Yeah, a very exciting couple of weeks ahead of us, topped off by the uh, the conference. So can't wait to present. thanks, Malcolm. Thanks, Paul. You've been listening to the Whole Truth, a
0: Resources Rising Stars podcast produced by Resource Media, hosted by Paul Armstrong for Reed Corporate. Please note that Reed Corporate does not provide investment advice, and investors should seek personalised advice before making any investment decisions.